We're back in our series on gossip, and we're in the final stretch. And what we're going to be talking about uh, in these last couple of weeks, I'll be, uh, of course, uh, talking tonight, and then Pastor Tyler will be preaching next week. We're going to be talking about something we have not yet addressed in the series. Uh, We've spoken from Scripture on how to resist the temptation to spread gossip, or to resist the temptation to listen to gossip, but we've not talked about what to do when you're gossiped about. In in other words, how to respond when you are the subject of gossip. Because gossip hurts us in multiple ways. It hurts us by our participation in it, and it hurts us sometimes when we're not the perpetrators, but when we are the victims of it. So you may have been sitting through this series thinking, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but David, somebody's been doing this to me. So how do I respond? What do I do when other people gossip about me? And that's really uh, what we're going to be focusing on tonight and then next week, how to respond when you've been gossiped about. We've defined gossip this way, uh, bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. And this definition not only describes how we sin, how you and I sin every day, but it also describes how we are sinned against. And I'm sure at some point all of you have felt what it is like to be gossiped about. If you haven't been gossiped about recently, you will be gossiped about again. And uh, you'll find yourself in the crosshairs, and this could happen for one of three reasons. Number one, you could mess up and gossips will talk about how you've messed up. That's a possibility. Number two, you won't do anything wrong at all in a situation and gossips will fabricate and spread a lie to make you look like you did do something wrong. Number three, you could handle something well but imperfectly and gossips will exploit that by focusing on your mistakes and leaving out the rest of the story. Now, why do I give these three scenarios? Well, here's here's why. I hope you understand that literally everyone is a target for gossip. If you handle a situation perfectly, you are a a target for gossip because someone could lie about you. If you handle a situation poorly and sinfully, and we often do, then people can tell the truth and gossip about you. And if you handle something imperfectly, that people can focus on your mistakes and what you did wrong and then gossip about you that way. So who's the target for gossip? Anyone who handles a situation well, wrong, or somewhere in the middle. In other words, literally everything we do every day could eventually be fodder for gossip. So it is going to happen, and for many of us, it probably already is happening. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, as someone who loves the Lord, as someone who is doing their best to live their life in the way of Jesus, how do I respond to gossip when it happens to me? Of course, what makes it even worse and what makes gossip more insidious is this reality that we don't even always know when we are a target of gossip. Right? It is ideally behind someone's back. So it's possible you're being a gossip, you're being gossiped about right now and don't even know it. But despite that, sometimes you find out, don't you? 
And when you find out, when you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach that people don't think about you the way that you assumed they thought about you because this gossip has spread to their ears, when you get that feeling and realize that you've been the target of gossip, then you, the, you're left with the question, how do I, as a follower of Jesus, respond? So tonight we will learn how to respond in faith. Responding in faith to gossip. Before we can learn how to relate to the other people who are involved in these situations, how to treat the gossiper or how to treat the person who has gossiped about us or who has spread that, we need to start with how we relate to God. And when you've been gossiped about, like when you've been hurt by other sins, the way to relate to God is through faith, trusting him. And one of the best places to go in the Bible to see what this looks like is the Psalms. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Psalm 140. We're going to be walking through the Psalm one or two verses at a time. And it'll also be on the screen if you don't have a a copy of God's Word with you. But, you know, the Psalms, uh, they're songs of experience. They relate to all kinds of things that we encounter in a broken world, a sinful world. But we encounter these things as people loving and worshiping the one true God. So then there is this tension all throughout the Psalms that that the singer or the person praying who represents the people of God has to, number one, express their faith in this perfect, all-sufficient, all-knowing, all-powerful God. But number two, while they're doing that, they're living in a world that's completely messed up. And so this is the tension that we live in. We have a God that's all-knowing, that's all-powerful, that we turn to, that we sing to, that we pray to, and yet our situation is often, is often really painful because everything we do is affected by sin, often the sins of others. And the Psalms teach us how to talk to God in the midst of that tension, believing that he's good and perfect and wise, and also being honest about how painful life in a fallen world can be. And one of the ways that the Psalms do this is guiding us, guiding us to the Lord and how to talk to the Lord and how to trust in the Lord, how to have faith in him when people hurt us with their words. So if you're in Psalm 140, we're going to take three lessons from, how, from Psalm 140 and how to respond in faith, what it looks like to respond to gossip in faith. Here's lesson number one, and we're going to read verses one and two. Lesson number one, when you are gossiped about, respond in faith by taking it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. This is what David does when he gets in trouble, and this is what we should do. Psalm 140, verses 1 and 2. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. Now there's a distance here between us and David, isn't there? Because here's this Middle Eastern warrior king. And when he tells God, hey God, there's people gathering together against me for war, he literally means there are people with weapons. And they plan on using those weapons to dismember people of another army. Like they actually want to kill David and go to war against him. And we don't always experience that. However, when people have gossiped about you and you find out, doesn't it feel like like there's troops assembling? 
When people have gossiped about you and you found out, have you ever heard somebody say that you need to take sides? I mean, that's militaristic language, isn't it? That's what it feels like to be gossiped about. So we may not be able to relate with King David literally, but we can relate to the spirit of what he's going through. Sometimes it, it feels like the way we relate to other people is they, they want to fight us, they want to hurt us, and they do that sometimes with their words. But David takes this to the Lord. We don't tend to go to the Lord, do we? It's not our natural inclination. We are human beings. We tend to take things into our own hands. Isn't this what our original parents did? They disobey God and thus they throw the entire created order into chaos. And how do they respond to that? We're going to fix it by hiding and making aprons. It's like, really? Well, how did that turn out? But this is what we do every day. We're, we encounter sometimes the effects of our sin or often as with gossip the sins of other people and we try to handle it on our own. There's different ways that, that can look like. We may just close up and say, I'm not going to get close to anyone ever again. I, I can't get close to people. I can't trust them because they'll exploit me and hurt me like this person did. Or we may fight fire with fire and say, if they gossiped about me and ruined my reputation, I'm going to gossip about them. In fact, you, you may say, I'm going to tell everyone how they gossiped about me. Well, that's not appropriate. It just makes things worse. We complain about those who are complaining about us and then just perpetuate the cycle of gossip even further. Or, or it could be that we respond by running around trying to set the record straight. Talking to everyone we've ever known who may have heard anything negative about us and telling them, I just want you to know that I'm a good person and none of that is true. We can do all of that and not really take it to the Lord and and just sit down with maybe our Bible or with a psalm and look up to God and say, God, people are fighting me. Why do we skip that? Why is it so hard? It's because we want to take control of our own lives and, and one of the subtle ways we do that is by taking control of how we've been hurt. But that is not the way of faith. That is not the way of faith. David cries out to the Lord, and notice a couple of ways how he does this. He takes it to the Lord, number one, by telling it like it is. By telling it like it is. His requests are very specific. God, rescue me. God, protect me. He doesn't mince words, does he? Verse 3, they've sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. David goes on to say, in other words, these gossipers are like, they're like snakes. I'm surrounded, God, I'm surrounded by a bunch of snakes. That's not very pleasant, a pleasant thing to read in the Bible, is it? And when we read the Psalms, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really unpleasant things. But they reflect how life for us really is. Because, friends, to be honest, if you're going to interact with sinners and you are, then a lot of things are going to be very unpleasant. David does not hide from God how unpleasant it is to be surrounded by snakes. He just tells him. Friends, don't be afraid to tell God how it is. When you've been hurt by gossip, God is not looking for you to just grin and bear it. He's not looking for you to be a stoic. That's not what he calls you to do. 
Psalm after psalm after psalm. It's not just 140. The largest genre in all the psalms is the lament. They show us by these words inspired by God, meant to be spoken back to God, they show us God wants to know how we feel and he wants us to express how we feel, even in our prayer. Prayer is not a time to perform. God knows how you feel. It's a time to be honest and vulnerable with God. So it's okay to say, Lord, I feel attacked. God, I I feel betrayed. I'm scared. I I hate being lied about. I hate people thinking less of me. God, I'm angry. God, take this away. God, stop the mouths of these snakes. That's what David does. And then verse 4, he says, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. Again, David's dealing with something a little worse than, than we do on a regular basis. His enemies truly wanted him dead, but we have people that want to hurt us. We have people that want to stop us. We have people that are violent in how they speak about us. David takes it to God. He continues his plea in verse 5. The proud have hit a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins or traps for me. He's essentially saying, God, because of all these evil intentions, because of all these bad motivations, because I'm surrounded uh, by these people that are out to get me, I feel like I'm always about to walk into a trap. You ever feel that way? You, You could especially feel that way after you've been gossiped about. It's hard even socially to, to take a step. It, it's hard to have maybe that family over for dinner. It's hard to be honest with your friend. Because you, you think, are they going to use this as a trap? Is this, am, I, am I in the process of like writing them blackmail? Have you ever wondered that? Maybe you think, well, I've never wondered that, but now I am going to worry about that. Well, that, maybe you should. David was worried about that. He's like, I can't take a step without wondering, am I going to get into any traps? And if you've been close to someone and then been gossiped about by them, you could feel the same way. You know, faith does not minimize our suffering. At least biblical faith. Some people may tell you, just get over that. Have faith. But King David was a man full of faith. And he doesn't always get over things quickly. At the same time. Why is that? Because the Bible does not teach that faith minimizes our suffering. Rather, the Bible teaches that faith maximizes our view of God in our suffering. The Bible is totally realistic about what it's like to be a follower of God in a messed up world. Suffering is real. But the Bible also teaches us how to look to God and how to trust in God despite this very, very real suffering. Faith doesn't minimize our suffering. It maximizes our view of God in suffering. What faith does is take, it, it takes our problem to the one who really cares and who, who can actually do something about it. Number two, also remember to whom you are talking. As you take your request to God, a second way to do that To take it to the Lord is to remember to whom you are talking. David's prayers are based on his relationship with the Lord. As he continues his prayer, he says, I said unto the Lord, thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. This is verses 6 through 8. 
O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. He's looking to the past. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves. Selah. David was not just asking some God out there to do something for him. He was asking his God, the God that he had trusted in, the God that had made a covenant with him, the God to whom he belonged. He was asking him to intervene. He had seen God work on his behalf before. That's what he's saying. You you have helped me in other battles. I feel like the troops are lining up. I feel like I'm about to go into war. I feel like I'm about to walk into a trap. But God, you have been my shield before. You have protected me before. You have seen me through other conflicts in the past. So I will trust that you will take care of me through this conflict. I know that you'll be there for me again. This is really important, not just when you've been gossiped about, but when you've been sinned about, uh, when you've been sinned against in any way. To remember the God to whom you are talking. See, prayer is not just a way to just sort of vent and express your feelings and to throw them out in the open. Now, what's interesting, and I think why, you know, most people don't get the Psalms that deal with suffering uh, for very conservative uh, Christian people, it, it seems more natural when you're going through suffering to just sort of close up and not say anything. You just stuff it and keep going. For more secular-minded people, maybe atheistic people, there is sort of a virtue in just sort of venting things and throwing up things in the air, i.e. social media, right? So a lot of Christians think when I'm suffering, I shouldn't say anything about it at all. God wants me just to stuff it. And a lot of secular people think I just need to vent about it to whoever and anyone who will listen. And and the Psalms of suffering, the Psalms will have meant Psalm 140 really doesn't do either of those things. David doesn't keep this to himself, but he also just doesn't vent it in the air either. No, he is fully honest, fully expressing himself, fully being truthful about what's going on in his heart, and yet he is saying this to a God who he trusts, who has saved him before, who he knows can intervene. David's not stuffing it, and he's not vomiting it either. He's praying. He's praying. I don't know about all the times that I've been gossiped about. I know about some of them because I found out. But I don't know about all of them because, again, the nature of gossip is it's done behind your back. And you don't know about all the times you've been gossiped about. But throughout all the gossip experiences that I have come to know, when I have realized I've been gossiped about, and some of that, by the way, has been deeply painful, God has protected me. Now, God has not always protected my reputation in the way I wanted him to protect my reputation. God hasn't salvaged all the relationships that I hoped, and I even asked him that he would salvage. But God still has me here. He has still protected me. And he has been there with me, even if other people haven't. He's always, if I could follow, borrow the language, he's always shielded my head in the day of battle. It's never destroyed me. Yes, gossip hurts, but it's never destroyed me, and it doesn't have to destroy you. So number one, when you've you've been gossiped about, take it to God. Here's the second lesson we learn in Psalm 140. Number two, ask God for justice. Ask God for justice. 
We'll be reading in verse 9 in, in just a second. But I, I want you to see that David is asking God to, li- to actually intervene, to thwart the plans of the wicked, to stop what they are trying to do. In fact, he asked for a reversal. That the bad things his enemies wanted for David would come back on their heads. David wanted justice. Now this is, uh, a lot of people get a little bit afraid when there are these imprecatory prayers. Imprecatory prayer just means someone in the Bible is praying judgment on somebody else. People read that in the Bible and think, man, that's, like, that's not something I would put on a pillowcase, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is a little bit rough. It's good like it's not Mother's Day. Verse 9, as for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let, they be, let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Now some of you are really uncomfortable with that because you think that sounds like David's being vindictive. Doesn't the Bible say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, somewhere? This seems like David is being vengeful. Should we really say things like that to God? But hold on, David is not being vengeful. And he's not being vindictive. Why? Because he's praying. God is the judge. Hey, we are not the judge. We are not the judge. Here's, some of us will never pray an imprecatory psalm, but what you will do, maybe subtly, maybe passive-aggressively, you'll try to, in your own way, get back at people that have gossiped about you. If they've hurt your reputation, you'll try to hurt theirs. Maybe not outrightly, you'll just undermine them in subtle ways. You'll be suggestive. Maybe you won't say outright bad things about them, but you'll withhold good things you could say about them, and that's your way of getting back. Now listen, friend, that is being vindictive. Prayer is never vindictive. It's not vindictive for God to ask Dave, for David to ask God to judge his enemies. God is judge. That's his job. By kneeling and talking to God about it instead of taking a sword, David is not being vindictive. He is letting vengeance belong to the Lord because he's praying. You see, when we don't pray and ask God for justice, it's possible that we are trying to execute our own perverted kind of justice. We want to even the playing field. We want them to taste just a little bit of what we've experienced. So instead of praying to God and asking him to act justly, we'll try to take justice into our own hands. But as James says in chapter 4, as we learned Sunday morning, when we start doing that, we're pretending we're the judge instead of someone under the law. Now that's not our job. That's not our job. When you've been gossiped about, it is not your role as a Christian to make the other person know how it feels to be gossiped about. Your responsibility is to talk to God about it. And it is okay to ask God for justice. It's even okay to ask God, God, protect my reputation. That's what David's doing. These are, these are two difficult things going on at the same time because for the Christian, we're also called to reconcile, aren't we? I mean, aren't we called to forgive? Well, we're not just called to forgive. We're called to forgive those who repent according to Jesus, which means, of course, that our standard of forgiveness is not broader or wider than God's standard. God only forgives those who repent. The Bible teaches that quite clearly. So God is not asking us to forgive more people than he forgives. 
That would be quite an impossible task. So yes, we do forgive those who are repentant, and we should seek reconciliation. That should be our first concern as followers of Christ, because Christ doesn't judge us after we sin. Christ offers us and everyone, because the grace of God has appeared to every man, Paul wrote to Titus, God offers everyone reconciliation despite their sin. And if they refuse reconciliation, then God, and only then, God judges. But of course, he has no pleasure when the wicked die. So says Ezekiel. It may seem weird to want reconciliation, to be willing to forgive and to ask God for justice, but it is possible, however, because that's how God acts anyway. It takes becoming like Jesus, who is able to do two impossible things all at once, be willing to forgive, but also trust the Father to judge if forgiveness cannot happen. See, if the person who gossiped about you comes and asks for forgiveness, then you are called to give it. You're not called to ask God for justice. You're called to give forgiveness quickly, freely, joyfully, and trust God with the results. But when forgiveness doesn't happen, then it's okay to ask God to do his job, which is to judge sin. So listen, and this is where we live as Christians, okay? I hope this makes sense. Do not be afraid to forgive, and do not be afraid to ask God for justice. We need to be balanced here. Be willing to forgive and be willing to ask God for justice. So how, do, how does Psalm 140 teach us how to respond to gossip and faith? Number one, we take it to God. Number two, number two, we, uh, we, oh, that's my third point. Number three, we believe that God will answer. We believe that God will answer. Number two is ask God for justice. Almost got confused there. Ask God for justice, take it to God. Number three, believe that God will answer. We see this especially in verses 12 and 13. Where, where David doesn't seem like he's no longer down and discouraged and upset, but he confidently sings. Look at verse 12 and 13. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Number three, believe that God will answer. As we take it to God, as we ask God for justice, we're not just throwing a prayer to the wind, hoping God will respond. This isn't a last-ditch effort. No, we, we don't pray when we've been gossiped about because everything else has failed. Prayer is our first thing that we turn to when we've been gossiped about. David prays, believing that God will answer. I know, he says, that God will maintain the cause of the afflicted, the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. David does not know, hold on, this, this is a really important distinction. People sometimes say to live by faith, and then the idea is, well, I'm going I'm to believe that God's going to do this, but God never promised to do that. David is not saying, I know exactly how God is going to deal with my particular situation in my time. But what David is saying is this, I know eventually God is going to do this. Now, if you're dealing with being gossiped about right now, I cannot tell you everything is going to get better next week. I'm not even going to tell you to believe that by faith, because God doesn't promise in his word, that the effects of gossip will last only seven days, right? 
There's no point in believing something that God has not revealed. No, faith doesn't mean believing whatever we want to believe and attributing it to God. Faith biblically means believing what God has specifically revealed in Scripture despite all of the other factors. Now, what has God specifically promised to do? Well, he's promised that eventually the afflicted in him, the poor that know him, the righteous who have been slandered but know him, he promised eventually they get vindication. He promises that you, if you've been lied about, if you've been slandered, if you've been the subject of sinful gossip, then eventually the truth will be known and you will dwell with God. But he does not say that God will do what you want him to do or that you'll do it in your, or that he'll do it in your time frame. That's not a promise that scripture makes. God eventually will settle the score. God eventually will see that justice is done, that the truth will be known. Your reputation one day will be saved, but you may have to wait for it to happen. Now, we live in an instant society, and this just really rubs us the wrong way, doesn't it? We, when people are in the drive-thru, and it takes six minutes instead of four minutes to get their happy hour drink at Sonic, they get very upset. My kids don't understand because we, we don't watch television. We just watch like streaming services. They don't get these commercials. They just start yelling at the TV and screaming at it and saying they want it to go away. We like things to happen instantly on our timetable. A long time ago when I was a very different person, I enjoyed going to like political events, like campaign speeches. And if you've ever been to one of those things, you know... Uh, you know the kinds of things that they say, right? I mean, if you go to a, a, like a campaign rally, this is not a chant you will hear. What do you want? Slow, sustainable, thoughtful, policy-driven change. When do we want it? Eventually, in the fullness of time. That's not what they say, is it? No, they want everything different, and they want everything different tomorrow. And it never happens, because that's not how the world works. And, and this is our mindset. This is the culture that we have all grown up in, that we've been conditioned by. And so when we're gossiped about, when our reputation is hurt, when people think less of us because gossip has been spread, we're like, God, what are you doing? Fix it now. But he doesn't usually do that. How, how does it feel when you get blamed for something that you don't do? When you get associated with something that you're not really responsible for, it feels just icky, doesn't it? So, so how do you think what Jesus felt when people started saying he's a friend of tax collectors? That's who he hangs out with because he doesn't care about God's law. That's the implication of the gossip. He hangs out with the outcast because he doesn't care about God's law. Oh, and by the way, he's always drinking. He's a drunkard. How do you think Jesus felt who was sinless he never, ever, ever said, now some of the gossip about you is true. That's why you want it to go away because it's actually truthful. That's the problem. This wasn't true. How do you think Jesus felt when you feel dirty and just awful when sin gets associated with you and you didn't do it? How do you think Jesus felt who never sinned, who never even had a bad thought, who never even desired to sin? When the gossip going around was that he was a drunkard or that he was doing his 
uh, miracles by the power of Satan. Well, did God just jump in and vindicate him? No. Jesus took that gossip to his death. And the apostles teach that Jesus' vindication from the Father did not come until his resurrection. Jesus understands what you're going through when you're gossiped about because Jesus was gossiped about. And unlike you and me, he didn't deserve that at all. And he waited for the Father to vindicate him. Did the Father vindicate him immediately? No. He had to die first. And it's possible, friends, that some of the things that you're dealing with right now, some of the lies that are being spread about you, some of the people that, that won't talk to you anymore, some of the people that won't text you back, some of the people that unfriended you on Facebook, that you may have to wait until death and resurrection before they know the truth. But if you have to wait that long, you're not waiting any longer than Christ did. And he is the one that we follow. Jesus understands what you're going through. In verse 13, it says that those who are upright will dwell in God's presence. And Jesus is living out this verse right now. So is David. And so can you if you respond in faith. So what does Psalm 40 teach us about responding to gossip in faith? Number one, we take it to the Lord. Number two, we ask God for justice. And number three, believe that God will answer. I'm going to have you do something a little bit unusual uh, for the invitation. Just a moment, the instruments are going to start playing. And uh, in your handout, I have several assessment questions that I want you to take. Now, if you want to come pray, that's totally fine. Um, but, But for the balance of our time, I'd like you, while the music is playing, to answer those questions and let God speak to your heart about the thing or maybe the things that you're holding on to, that you're trying to take control of, that you really should be giving to God. So, Father, help us now as we respond to your word. Lord, we, all of us know in here that it hurts to be lied about. It hurts to be misrepresented. Lord, some of us will spend years trying to cultivate a, a good reputation. We want to be known as someone who loves the Lord and who follows your Son And yet gossip can just seem to destroy that so quickly and just take that away from us. So Lord, if somebody is going through that very experience tonight, Lord, help them to take that to you in prayer. Help them to be honest about it when they do. Help them to ask you for justice, not to try to take justice in their own hands, but trust that to you. And and Lord, for all of us who have been hurt by gossip in some way, recent or in the far past, painfully or maybe very painfully help us to believe that you'll answer the prayer of those that turn to you father help us now that we would believe and obey your word in jesus name